Good to have you back. Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. You just heard there at the top of the hour. If you get it, uh, our own Zach Heilprin saying that Jordan Love is going to play against Seattle. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, he, play, he played uh, five drives so far this preseason, two against the, the Cincinnati Bengals, three against the Patriots. And in both games, he was pulled after, uh, you know, a touchdown drive. And there's one game left, uh, and Matt LaFleur says, yeah, baby, yeah, he is uh, going to play. He's going to be on the field. And uh, I don't blame him. You know, now, um, probably not going to play a lot. Uh, but, you know, as Matt LaFleur said, sometimes you got to throw caution to the wind a little bit. And I know he's sore today, in particular from a, a late hit. But with a week that features a noon game, Following a 7 o'clock game, LaFleur wants to see his young quarterback navigate uh, a few different agendas, he said. Uh, so love playing will, of course, uh, affect the backup quarterback status, Sean Clifford, Alex Magoo. And LaFleur said that the game against the Patriots had continued. They were going to put uh, Alex Magoo in there. He uh, Magoo received four drives against Cincinnati, but uh, that was it. Uh, this week is a, a week of simulation of noon kickoffs. So, because it's it's weird. It's a noon kickoff next Saturday uh, at uh, Lambeau Field. So, this means that uh, Sunday is like uh, a Monday and so on. So, the Packers are going to practice their normal in-season times on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. So, Packers off today. You get some study and such in, and then uh, you get at it. And after two weeks of the joint practices, Matt LaFleur said it was uh, never a consideration to host the Seahawks for a joint practice. He said this week it's just just about us, just about us. Uh, and then after the week uh, in which there was, you know, quite a few fights at the joint practices and such, the one thing that Matt LaFleur did talk about is that um, he likes the, the fire that the team has, that they not going to take any guff. Uh, they got each other's back. You know, so he he really he liked that. Um, it's not great. It's not productive. You know, if you're wasting time that you would normally have to you know work on other things or run additional plays when you got to separate teams and give guys speeches, that's not productive. But you do like the fire and like the backup and such that those guys have. And uh, you know, after the uh, you know. Um, you got numerous guys like Zach Tom immediately took over Love's standoff against, you know, Roberts the other night against uh, the lineman Sam Roberts when he kind of gave him that late late pop. You know, he said uh, you want the lineman to, to to stick up for their guy. Uh, by the way, I did find it interesting in his postgame comments, and yesterday the Packers don't have a lot of answers who will be the starting safety alongside Darnell Savage. Um, there's, uh, you know, signee Jonathan Owens. He ran with the first team through the first couple of weeks of camp. Uh, but on Saturday, it was Rudy Ford who lined up next to Darnell Savage, taking back the role that he had, uh, you know, by the end of last season. Uh, there's more questions with little time left to address when it comes to the secondary. Uh, Matt LaFleur said, I thought there were some really good moments and some teachable moments as well. I thought when Rudy was in there, he did a really nice job, specifically in some of the run support situations. And then Owens made a heck of a play on the RPO uh, that they hit us with earlier in the game. Anthony Johnson had a couple of nice uh, plays and a pass breakup, and uh, he's a rookie. Um, 
by the way, Josh Meyer, speaking of uh, position battles, because I know Zach Tom seemingly getting that starting position over at the right tackle position right now, and they've moved guys around. Josh Myers had pressure on him. Uh, at least that was the impression that he had pressure on him to that he was losing his starting job. But Josh Myers got some praise uh, in the, the game the other night. Said, I think he's done a nice job. It seemed like yesterday. Uh, I thought all in all, especially when you talk about the pass pressure, was about as clean as you could possibly get. So Josh Myers has kind of cleaned it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, other than that, there was, you know, not a whole lot of uh, conjecture about other areas and such. It's just, you know, Romeo Dobbs continues to, to shine. You got, you know, Musgrave, who looks good over the middle and, you know, has the big hands and the big target. And, you know, Jordan Love, like I mentioned earlier today, uh, put it into a position, even though it was an incomplete pass, it was still a really well-thrown ball. Uh, it was just something that Musgrave had to fight a little bit harder for, but it was put in a position where the defender maybe could knock it down but couldn't pick it off. So I like that particular throw. So there was quite a few positives that came out of the game the other night. If there was a negative, if there was a negative, what would it have been? What would it have been? If you got some issues, let me know. Uh, let's go to our buddy Tim listening to us in Sparta. Tim, how you doing today, yeah, man? What's going on? What's happening? Oh, it's just a beautiful day out here. It's not 900 degrees <laughs> yet, so, so I'm enjoying it. Um, I got a couple of questions for you. One is um, you have a guy on from time to time, Andy. Uh, I think he's from Packaday. Uh, yeah, Andy podcast. Andy Herman for the Packaday podcast, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love that guy. I wish you'd have him on, you know, set him up once a week or something because I find him to be terribly informative. Um and then the thing that I want to talk about is special teams. Um, I remember what two years ago, two years ago, or basically three years ago now, when uh, Mason Crosby was having all those troubles with those field goals, and then last year he just kicked the snot out of it. You know, everything was good. Mm-hmm. What was the one? What was the one thing that changed? The one thing that changed for Mason Crosby. Yeah. Was uh, the process. It was the fact that uh, they changed holders and such. Exactly. I mean, that they, they, got got it, they, of, they got it right, yeah. And they got rid of Bohorkas, and they brought in a uh, – because Bohorkas could and, – and O'Connell, I think, are basically interchangeable as far as distances and whatnot. But it was the holding of the football. It's one of the things that I always look at because I used to right. – be a kicker way, 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 way back in the day in high school. And depending on who was holding that ball, depended, and it doesn't take much. You're either then able to hit the field goal or you or you look like a fool, one of the two. And if you watched, um, you know, Donald, last year to hold that ball, there were a number of high snaps, low snaps, snaps over to one side or the other that he was able to rescue and set up perfectly. So I think that that's something that you also have to look at with the new kicker is, is this guy getting good holds or are they just off? Because especially with a young kicker, he's not going to be able to adjust. Right. No, I would agree with that. I mean, when you, when you have a, a, a process that is not right and the threads are just off or the snap is – 
a second slow or, you know, they even look at spin rate of snaps and how quick it takes not only the holder to get it down, but then to get the the the, 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 the laces correct and then the tilt of the ball correct. I mean, because Mason Crosby had a way he liked it held. And yep. now you've got a whole new process. For, now, I agree. It's 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 not something you just kind of throw out the out, out the window right away. I 100% agree with that. But uh, but also when you, you know, you only have so much time. And Matt LaFleur made that clear. And maybe that was something that expedited via Rich Bisaccia or and, uh, Anders Carlson, whatever. Whatever happened, he looked really good the other night, and all of a sudden the process looked a lot smoother. Yeah, and but, you know, people just don't – people don't realize how hard it is to make that process all work together. So if, you, right. if you're giving up a little bit on the putter, but you've got a punter that can – put that ball exactly where it needs to be for that kicker to kick the ball. I'm all for it. Um, and then the last thing that I have is I would love it if every now and then when uh, 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 Mike is on that you, you open up the phone lines for him so that, you know, we fans can ask, you know, some question that, that is burning in our minds for him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, love you, show and you know that. So you have a great rest of your day. All right, bud. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we have got uh, our guy Kevin Harlan is going to be joining us coming up here in just a little bit. So we're looking forward to hearing from him as well. And I asked for some of the negatives. What did you think did not look good? Uh, Lucas Van Ness, again, um, you know, as some uh, were commenting, said looked a little bit stiff. Uh, Van Ness showed better against the run than others, and he's not finishing the rushes. Uh, so um, he did look better. Uh, again, pad level was good. He wasn't as upright, which I thought was was good. Um, so Lucas Van Ness did not look did not look. Uh, he looked like he was a little more comfortable. I, that's the best way to put it. I don't want to say that he he got more physical or got better. He just looked more comfortable. That, that was it. He just looked more comfortable. Uh, so, Lucas Van Ness. And, and, but here's the thing. Van Ness is a project. Uh, yes, he's a first-round draft choice. But he's, he's got the the luxury of being behind Rajon Gary and Engbare and, and being able to – Preston Smith and being able to watch all these guys and what they do and how they go about their business. And he's not rushed into – you know, a, a starting role, and he's not rushed into a starting role with the, you know, with the the burden of productivity being around his neck right away. You know, he's got some time, but he's it, it just takes time. I when you have that moniker of first round draft choice, everybody expects you to be dynamite right away dynamite it just takes a little time gotta learn moves gotta have speed gotta learn foot footwork quickness all that kind of stuff he just it just takes a little time and he he looks the part you know he looks the part he just gotta give him a little bit gotta give him a little breathing room no doubt uh, 877 uh, This one's from, uh, this is from also from Tim, but this is an email. Tim says, uh, Tim Cujo, 
Tim says, uh, hey, unit, uh, Van S looked okay, not great, but he looked better than he did against Cincinnati. He had two moves on the outside where he had a power arm up underneath. He didn't move his man the first time. The second time, he had a lower shoulder and was able to get around him. I thought they were uh, learning moments in the game. Tim, appreciate the email. Uh, I got to go back and watch it. I didn't notice that, but I got to go back and watch it. Tim, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Going to go ahead and take a quick break, but uh, when we come back, get back into this a little bit, and then bottom of the hour, don't forget, Kevin Harlan is going to join us. Last hour of the program, about an hour from now, we've got our guy Mike Clemens, who's also going to be joining us, and we'll hear from Mike and get his thoughts and um, also hear a lot from inside uh, the Packers locker room. Also, speaking of the Packers locker room, when we come back, when we come back, uh, I want to hear from the Packers offensive coordinator, Adam Stenovich. I want to hear from Stenovich. So we're not going to hear the whole thing, but we're going to hear some of what his thoughts are on this offense. The uh, Packers offensive coordinator, Adam Stenovich, you're going to hear his comments. Those are going to be coming up next on the uh, Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. Go sit on the balcony. Overlook the lake, watch the boats go by, get that big pig pork or sandwich. How about one of the buffalo chicken wraps, which are fantastic. They've got good pizzas, but their chef salad is the reason I go there. I know that sounds crazy, but I love that chef salad over there. It's awesome. They have a lot of game nights, games on all the time. They do a lot of different raffles, a lot of things for charity. That's Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee. Tell Ryan and the gang we said hi, stop in. They even have music on the weekends. Stop over and say hello. But, uh, man, go enjoy some outside deck time before it's all gone. Sit on the lake and just watch the boats go by. It's just a spectacular atmosphere over there. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers at the podium the other day and uh, take a listen to what he thinks regarding the offense and where they're at and how they're doing. You kind of started working Zach there. How do you think Josh has responded since then? I thought I think he's responded pretty well. Uh, he's had some pretty solid practices. Uh, still some things to work through, but uh, he's doing a good job. Do we say that Jordan's going to play tomorrow or seem to strongly, strongly suggest that Jordan is going to play tomorrow? What are you looking to see out of him? Yeah, uh, same thing, command of the offense, doing a great job in and out of the huddle, um, and then just reading his progressions, taking what the defense gives you. So what did you think of how your offense functioned yesterday, especially in the joint practices, and what can you take from some of maybe the less than ideal moments? Yeah, uh, the after when I went back and watched it, there was a lot of really cool teaching things uh, from that practice. Um, situationally, 
just schematically from what the defense presented us. You know, we had a lot of good looks in the red zone of some different things that they do that our defense doesn't do. So there's a lot of a lot of good teaching things there. Obviously, all the fights and things like that. That's just something we got to make sure we maintain our poise. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of good stuff came out of that, and I think it'll help us in the long run. Coach, at one point during two minute yesterday, you're talking about command of the offense. There was a slot blitz essentially, and Jordan hit Aaron Jones out of the flat, kind of right where the guy mm-hmm. is vacated. Is that the sign of a guy who has pretty good command of the yeah. offense, knowing exactly? Where yeah, that's that's the things you know when you see a quarterback making those decisions, know where your problems are, and knowing how to take advantage of it. That's exactly what you want to see from your quarterback, for sure. One kind of silver lining the players were telling us yesterday about the skirmishes was they could really back each other and show each other that they supported. I know Tucker Kraft said, hey, I, I would go to bat for anyone here. Have you seen that as a unit, this young offense really coming together for Yeah, I definitely have. Uh, we got a really tight group. Um, and guys have each other's backs, which is really cool to see. And were you a burnout fight back in your? Place? Oh yeah, yeah. For yourself, I've been involved in a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, those, other, those hardly ever happen, though, right? I mean, other than the giant wrecks, like yeah, one under Matt. Yeah, now you, you don't see it as much as you used to, obviously. Um, but that's the one thing, you know. We were talking about that the other day. Like, we had them in Cincinnati, and. Um, fortunately, the first day there wasn't anything, but then when you come back a second day, there's usually something that arises from somebody. So I'm just glad we worked through it, and uh, obviously you can learn from all that stuff. You guys often seem to have you know, some success the first day, and then they had some ups and downs the second day. Um, is having a little success and maybe facing adversity, is that benefits of both yeah. of you guys? Yeah, one, one of the things you know we, we talk about a lot as a group is just maturity and consistency and that's kind of the things that we have to build um obviously we have a lot of young guys at a lot of different positions so it's just being a consistent player having that mature mindset every single day to go out there and be a professional uh and perform so that's one thing we got to make sure we do every day so you guys do all your installs yeah uh, for the most part yeah so at what point do you guys say okay this is what our group is going to be good at this is what Jordan's good at and then tailor that you know toward what you want to do I think that usually happens about halfway through the season where you're kind of you have ideas you keep working through it but the hard thing is right now we have so much competition at a lot of different areas we still don't even know what a roster is going to look like yet you know what I mean so you have an idea of where you want to go but at the end of the day, you still got to wait to see, all right, who are the guys that are on the team? Now how can we, you know, make our offense the best it can be? So how, how hard is that offensive game plan week one to maybe when you're still feeling that out? Yeah, it's it can be challenging for sure, especially when you throw in injuries and stuff like that into the mix. That's always, you know, a challenge as far as how are we going to feature certain guys how are we going to run the ball? What are we going to do? So that's that's always a challenge every week. Do you feel like you know Jordan's best three throws are this, this, and this? Yeah. You, do, yeah. you know that now. Yeah, you know what he's comfortable with, and then obviously things that you want him to be good at, that you want him to work on. So those are the things right now. You know, you talk with Tom, you talk with Matt, um, and try and make sure he's put in those situations to expand, you know, what he's good at. Adam, I know you're not going to rewrite the tight end responsibilities just because Musgrave got here, but you've got to be kind of having some fun 
adding some new pages of the possibilities. Yeah, no, he, him and Tucker are doing a good job, and uh, yeah, they both are are very uh, explosive players. But obviously, Luke, uh, he he presents a lot of problems for defenses down the field, which has been pretty cool. So did you drop the tight end jet sweep, or does somebody else get credit for that? Uh, no, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted to see what would happen. So, yeah. so what happened was he got three, what, three yards? Yeah, he got a few yards. Let's see what happened. Um, <laughs> I understand that a touchdown would have been even better, but does that speak to just what a unicorn this guy is? Yeah. No, anytime you can get a guy and move him around and put the ball in his hand in different ways, I think defenses have to be on alert for pieces of, you know, positional players that can do stuff like that. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we use them as we go forward. So, since you guys are on hard knocks, since we can't see this kind of thing, so you're in a meeting and you say, "Hey, how about we give it to t- give it to Luke on a yeah. tight end jet sweep or hop?" And what is the response? Can he kind of take us into that meeting? The the cool thing about our staff is we're all very like creative guys, and we we like stuff like that. So we're always trying to just find different things to do and different ways to get the ball into our playmakers' hands and stuff like that. So everyone's pretty excited. And once we told Luke, he was pretty excited too. <laughs> Even the backs were like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. But that was pretty cool. Coach, I know it's not always an ideal world up on the offensive line and you got to move pieces around, but do you have a feel yet for what Zach Tom's best position is, if he could play you know, anywhere? Yes and no. Uh, the, the Zach's a pretty pretty unique guy just like Elton where like you can move him around and he'll be pretty solid in a lot of different spots um so I I should say no because I still think that he's just got the ability to play all across the board and be a pretty solid player how far has he come at right tackle obviously played left in college Mm -hmm. right now he's done a great job yeah he's done a great job and he he kind of knows his strengths and weaknesses um and, you know, his size, he's not your typical right tackle where he's a big, giant dude. And uh, so he's just got to have a different kind of play style. And I think he's doing a good job with that. Is there a reason he's gotten so many more reps there on the right side than, than Yash? Is it, do you know what Yash is, or is he the, the leader right now for that job? Uh, I think, yeah, we're still kind of working through that. But at the end of the day, like if David wasn't in there, that's kind of how we saw it for whatever reason at that point, you know. So it's just working forward, trying to move him to different spots. We had him at guard the other day. Uh, he's taking some center center reps. So just kind of working through how we're going to get our best five out there. Along those lines, Dave made five straight all-pro teams before he tore that ACL. Do, do you think he still has that consistent level of play in him? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's just us managing, you know, the knee and all that stuff and just making sure he can get out there on Sundays. But he's been such a good pro just, like, keeping his body ready, keeping his mind ready. Um, the one thing, you see him out there in walkthroughs where he's not taking that toll on his knee and he's everything he's doing is taking his sets, taking his footwork, just being really intentional with his work so he can get those mental reps and then go out there and play. So he's been doing a good job. There you go. That's Adam Senevich, uh, Packers offensive coordinator. When we come back... Kevin Harlan, you're going to hear from him coming up next in the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. A lot of national eyes all of a sudden giving a lot of praise to Jordan Love saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. He surprised some people. He's looked pretty good in the preseason. Had the one uh, overthrow to Musgrave, depending on, you know, which side of the story you believe on that. But for the most part, it's looked pretty good. And whether or not the Packers have the capability to get to the postseason, we'll have to wait and see. But joining us now on the hotline is uh, is the voice. I said earlier today, Kevin, that I could listen to you read the phone book and I would just be in peace. So <laughs> Kevin Harlan now joining us. How you been, my friend? I'm doing great, Bill. Good to be on. Listen to you all the time during the summer when we're up here. And um, it's it's always great to join you. I love your guests and love your show. And uh, it has been fun watching Jordan play this summer, hasn't it? You know, I think a lot of the people, the writers in particular, that will watch literally every snap and throw of practice, sometimes you can get caught up in in some of the minutiae of just everyday work and camp. And that's what most writers are supposed to do. They're supposed to sit there and chart and watch, and that's why they're all so good and work so hard and have our respect because – They sit there and watch every snap. When you widen the lens a little bit, kind of what you're referring to and how the national media now is kind of circling around this story, they're seeing a quarterback who's incredibly calm, uh, very collected, uh, has a a confidence about him that we've seen now in two straight games against two quality opponents uh, in joint practices, both in Cincinnati and in Green Bay. Um, He has not made this any bigger than the team wants him to make it right now as a first-time starter. So I think right now uh, everybody is feeling pretty doggone good about what they're seeing and how he's how he has navigated these early weeks of camp and the first part of preseason. I think at this point in time, I mean, early on it was, oh, my goodness, what's it like to take over? Aaron Rodgers is gone. How different is it? These guys have now all settled in. They know their roles. They know their job. They know what's going on. It's like the pressure. I don't want to say the pressure is off of Jordan Love because it's not going to be. But I think now he doesn't. I think when he went out to his first couple of camps, had a couple of goofy throws, maybe he was feeling that, hey, I have to go out and be perfect. I have to be the next, you know, coming, so to speak. And now he's just kind of settling into his own. Do you get that sense? I do. You know, I think it has helped, actually, that uh, the press has made such a deal about Aaron's first year as a starter when he went 6-10. and 10. Now, his individual numbers were good. Um, and, and so individually, he really performed. But when Favre left and Aaron took over and was lustily at that family night and then, uh, you know, began to get his footing and became what he became, um, you know, you go back, well, how did it start? And as a guy who sat back and watched Favre, much like Love, has sat back and watched Aaron – um, you know, I don't know that Aaron felt a great deal of pressure. I'd like to know if he would address that now, if he would have said, yeah, you know what, whenever you're following a Hall of Famer, that's always going to be part of it. I know that Jordan probably feels some of that, but it's not been evident. He has been terrific with the press. He's been great in the community. We've seen that for three years. And now he's got, I think, the confidence not only in his own camp, but I think uh, you know, the, the confidence of the players around him. Bakhtiari has come out and said some great things. Defensively, some of those guys have come out and said, facing him every day, I see a different kind of speed, rotation on the ball, the way he's reading, his checkdowns. All these things are the positive signs. Now, listen, I mean, <laughs> we're, not, we're seeing very vanilla defenses 
Uh, first stringers are not out there playing against each other for a long period of time. But when you're beginning to gauge what we're all gauging, uh, the reviews are positive. And, and I think that this coaching staff, and, and I, I would add one more thing. I think having Tom Clements on that sideline is, is maybe the most under uh, uh, underappreciated part of this whole love story because he has come back uh, and joined the Packers, we know, um, and, and uh, saw Aaron leave and now takes over for Jordan. He could not have a better voice in his in his head and knowledge going through his reads than that of Tom Clements. So you got the, the offensive minded head coach. You've got you've got this ter- terrific you know expert, a guy who's seen everything, and Tom Clemens at the quarterback coach position. And um, I, I just think they they have they have set up everything for this kid to succeed. Uh, talk about the run game for a minute. We know Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon's got some carries. Patrick Taylor's been there, done that, Tyler Goodson. But this Emmanuel Wilson kid, uh, God, does he run strong. And he's been impressive the first couple of outings, hasn't he? He has. Quick twitch, uh, sees well, reads the blocks, and he's got different blockers all the time in front of him, sometimes third and fourth you know, string guys, guys that are not at their natural position, but as they begin to – you know, work these guys at different positions and make them, you know, very flexible and adaptable to the way the season and the game may go. They may begin at a tackle and play a guard. They may begin at center and go back out to tackle. You know, he's having to read different guys that are still getting their footing on that line. And um, the way he has so far produced in this preseason uh, has got to be opening eyes. I, from what I understand, he is not the greatest practice player, um, but what he has shown in two games is he's got what it takes. And, and I think now he's going to certainly make that a conversation point. The part that scares me is if they try to, <laughs> on the 29th of August when they cut down to 53 and then try to fill that 16-man practice squad, if they try to hide him on the cuts and then get him on that practice squad, uh, you're really going to be flirting with a problem, especially if he shows now this noon game against Seattle on Saturday, Bill. If he shows what he has shown this Saturday, what he has shown in the last two games, um, I don't know how you can't keep him around. Goodson is injured. Taylor is a proven commodity. John Kuhn loves Taylor and what he brings. So this might be one of those guys that you look at and say, you know, if his pass blocking is up to par or we can get it to that point, um, as a third down back, he'll give us a great change of pace from A.J. and from Aaron. The uh, the other guy, much like Emmanuel Wilson, that's opened eyes has been Malik Heath. And I, I, Mike Clemens called me early on in camp and said, hey, you got to watch this guy. He's There's something about him. And, you know, when you don't have a real six-deep uh, group of wide receivers like we've been accustomed to in the past, Somebody can make this squad. Is Malik Heath a guy that you keep an eye on and you say, boy, this 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 guy's got a lot of talent? He does, and it looks like the top four guys are basically set, so now it's the fifth and perhaps the sixth wide receiver because they love their tight ends too, and I know they, they lost um, Davis, and that, that's, that's unfortunate because uh, they really liked what he could do in his special teams work. Um, so now the question is how many tight ends – um, how many running backs, and of course the wide receiver position, and and what are you going to do in that regard? But Heath, who played a couple years at Mississippi State, and then last year at Mississippi, so knew the 
SEC very well and put up big numbers and was a top five receiver in that conference, uh, has not blinked and has, has fit right in. Um, there have been a couple others. Grant DuBose, who, of course, was injured, has not, uh, you know, and Crest is, is, I think, kind of the feel-good story of camp and what he's done and where he finished up his college career after Harvard. And, 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 and there are these great stories out there. We've not really heard much from Bonds. Uh, a couple of, you know, Reed is doing everything we thought, but he and Watts, I guess, is another one, too, we could put in that category, who has just not had a chance to show that much. But Heath has, and, they, and he's responded. And, and he is, again, another guy that, that I think is definitely worth a practice squad position. If you do decide to go with five receivers going in, Howard's special teams, that will be something to watch this weekend against Seattle. These guys on the bubble – and Heath has got to be probably in that conversation just because the top four guys are, are basically set. Um, uh, how is he on special teams? And, and I'm really going to watch that this weekend. Quite frankly, we, we've been so curious about Jordan Love and the young receivers and tight ends um, and all the different things going on at, at, uh, at the offensive line position with Zach Tom and where he's going to be and can Myers hold on to his job and, is the right tackle going to be Zach, and, and how, how are they going to maneuver all that and playing with the different left tackle because David hasn't been playing at the left tackle. But you sit there and you begin to wonder, you know, uh, now special teams could really tell a story. And so that will be of particular attention this weekend. Kevin, I want, want to ask you, and I only got a couple of minutes, so I want to touch on a broader picture here. But, you know, obviously you do a lot of football and call a lot of football. So the NFC kind of wide open. You got maybe three teams, four teams. Uh, you got a pretty good team in Seattle, obviously a good team in San Francisco. Uh, there's the Eagles, maybe Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. But this North, I mean, as, as much as people want to call it for Detroit, or I called it for Minnesota because I still think they have one of the better offenses in the in the division, I think things are still pretty wide open. I I don't think it would surprise anybody if the Packers kind of got themselves all of a sudden in position to find themselves in the postseason. Would it, would it surprise well, you? Uh, I don't think it would. Um, let's say that, that Love stays at his level, where he is not making a ton of mistakes. He's not thrown a pick yet in preseason. He's had limited play, but his percentage is high. He has ended the last two games with a touchdown pass. His rating is solid. Um, and, and he's not getting pressure, which I think is just shocking with all the, we're talking before about the maneuvering bill on that offensive line. And you've seen it. You've got a lot of guys playing different positions. They try to cross train these guys and, and we're not even seeing a Bakhtiari and very limited Jenkins at that left guard. So, um, uh, and, and there's a lot of fluctuating going on at the right tackle. So we've, we've got a lot of things that are not settled, but soon will be. And maybe in the minds of the coaches already are. But if everything could stay fairly, you know, static the way they are right now and not not deviate, that kind of consistency, and that's kind of how you grade these young players, consistency, and it will begin with the quarterback, um, I, th- I think could really play a prominent role in this division. Uh, the quarterback in Chicago, um, for as, as much of lightning in a bottle as he appears to be, he, he's still, they're asking a lot to do from his position um, and, and, and cover a team that has not really performed all that well. Uh, Vikings, I agree with you there. Detroit seems to me to be the wild card. Are they what they were at the end of last season? Do they carry over that kind of charisma and play and unified effort going in 
uh, to the game in Kansas City to open up the season on Thursday night at Arrowhead against the defending champs. If they play them well, I think the confidence picks up where it left off, and we saw it leave off at Lambeau in the, in the season-ending game. I mean, that, that, that's the X factor in the division to me. The Vikings are solid. I think the Bears, I, I, there's almost too much optimism. And the Packers, should they stay steady, I could easily see entering the month of December right where they want to be with the young offense and, 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 and getting their footing after a couple months in the season. I, I easily could see that, yes. Always great to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you all throughout the football season, too, Kevin. Okay? Thank you, Bill. Always a pleasure. Take care. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Kevin Arlen, uh, listening to us up in the Door County area, up on the mighty WMAM is where he catches the program. And uh, then he's off and running uh, come football season. But always great to talk to Kevin, joining us for a couple of minutes over on the hotline. Good stuff from Kevin. And uh, we're going to step out, take a quick break. Don't forget, coming up uh, in less than a half an hour from now, Mike Clemens is going to join us. We'll get his take on what he saw on Saturday night and the position battles that are going to kind of move forward this week. And uh, obviously a week from tomorrow is cut-down day. So guys are going to have – if you're on the bubble, now's your time to impress. Big time. Big time. It's needed. you got to – you know, I hate to use the term step up, but, you know, got to step up. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out, take a quick break, come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends Gino and the gang at Calderon Club. We were down there last week and uh, had some friends down. And just – it's always so delicious. God, it's so good. Whether it's uh, Calderon Club – for the Italian food, whether it's the meatballs, spaghetti and meatballs, the lasagna, the penne pasta, sashina, and the, the chicken marcello, the Bill Michaels, is just to die for. It's just so good. But San Giorgio next door, you get uh, this, this San Giorgio pizza, the Bill Michaels pizza. You get many different types of those personal pizzas, which are just fantastic. Go watch them. Make them. It's authenticated from Napoli, Italy. Either way, you can't go wrong. Calderon Club or San Giorgio, 838 Old World Third Street, downtown Milwaukee. That's the place to go. And, oh, my God, it's so, so good. So, so good. More of the Bill Michael Show now. from our buddy uh, Kevin Harlan. The, um, uh, the discussion, I, I'm watching the discussion over on uh, the live stream. Sometimes the live stream is, you know, its own thing. It's its, it's, its own show, so to speak. Um, but... It's uh, James says it's funny how many people think the Vikings are going to do anything this season. Uh, only time the Vikings win the division is when the Packers don't, uh, and that's from James. Um, I, James, when you look at what the Vikings have, okay, and you got to be honest, okay, you can't just look at it from the green and gold glasses. When you look at what the Vikings have, the Vikings have a, a pretty solid offense, do they not? I mean, I look, I, I think their defense is down this year. But you still got Jordan Addison, who you picked up 
this year in the draft, uh, you know, in the first round. Justin Jefferson's still a part of it. K.J. Osborne's still a part of it. T.J. Hawkinson's still a part of it. Yes, they got rid of Thielen. Yes, they got rid of Dalvin Cook. They still have Alexander Madison, and I don't think Alexander Madison is is anything even close to what Dalvin Cook brought to the table. But you still have a good offense. Um, they still have Christian Derisaw, their you know big left tackle, who's really kind of morphed into that position and taken it over. Ezra Cleveland. Over there at that left guard, I, I really like uh, you know Brian O'Neill at that right tackle position over there. So now the defense, yeah, the defense leaves a lot to be desired. And <laughs> I know people make fun, but you know Dean Lowry has is serviceable. I don't think he's much more than that. But they picked him up for the offensive line, and you still have Harrison Phillips and uh, and was it uh, uh, Tonga is uh, their nose tackle and. They picked up Jacqueline Roy, um, Jaqueline Roy, Jaqueline Roy, I should say, not Jacqueline. <laughs> Daniel Hunter is still still there. They still have some pieces. Uh, Harrison Smith is still there, you know. It's not a juggernaut of a defense, but they've got enough. But I, I just think that they have the most offense. And last year, you can look at it on one hand and say, well, they won, was 11, a game, 11 games by one score? And was it eight games they came from behind to win? But they also learned how to win. There's something to be said for that, for, for facing that pressure and saying, okay, we got this. We can do this. So I, I much like Detroit, I don't know necessarily what to make of Minnesota because I don't necessarily know what to make of Detroit, whether Detroit's ready to step up or not. Grant, your thoughts? Well, I just think the Vikings offense, I think they're going to be better this year because I think Thielen was a little washed and they were still throwing the ball to him like he was their wide receiver two or wide receiver three. And now with him out of the way, KJ Osborne's really good. Jordan Addison's really good. And Dalvin Cook not taking carries is going to be more targets for Hawkinson. I I think the Vikings offense is going to be even better this year and their defense can't possibly get any worse. You know, it was so bad last year. It can't be any worse Mm -hmm. this year. Um, Coming up in the next hour, we'll continue with this discussion. Also, Mike Clemens is going to be here. We'll talk with Mike about all of this and uh, his thoughts on what he saw the other day uh, with the Green Bay Packers. So we'll get into all of that as well. A whole lot more upcoming. A whole lot more upcoming. Another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. We're not going anywhere. Can't ask you enough. Please, please. Tonight we're going to have a a broadcast, a live broadcast over on the Ride page on Facebook. So if you can uh, join us just to see what we got going on, we're going to make an announcement tonight, which is kind of cool. But uh, go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Like the page. We'd appreciate that. Like the page. But uh, tonight we got an event uh, coming up. We're going to make a lot of announcements, a lot of details you're going to find out tonight. We need you to get signed up. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Please.